Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we are joined again this week by a special guest, Newton Chilungulo, joining us from Reformation Bible Church in Malawi. So Newton, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, Mike, I guess thanks for being with us too, except you're always with us. So <laughs> not quite as uh, special. But not quite as special at all. Not Newton is far more special. Newton's really special. He's a really special guy. So we want to talk today about two things. One, giving, and two, prayer. And I'm going to be kind of facilitating and trying to kick some questions around to both of you. Uh, we were just talking, we recorded a podcast right before this and saying, even on opposite sides of the world, so many you know commonalities exist. I think that's going to be definitely true in these cases. So... Uh, we're going to start with giving, and we had already recorded a podcast, Mike and I, uh, a week ago, so maybe you caught that, but uh, I want to talk about giving. Newton, let me just kind of ask a really open-ended question for you. Uh, what does giving look like in your context? What are some of the things that are on your mind and that you're trying to encourage uh, the people in your church in as you think about giving? Yeah, at our church, uh, Reformation Bible Church in Lilongwe, Malawi, what we're trying to encourage our church members is to first and foremost understand that uh, the Lord's work is funded by God's people. So we're trying to uh, beat this uh, drum so that people need to understand that uh, it is expected of them uh, to contribute uh, to the Lord's uh, uh, work. I, I don't know where it's a text, but it says that uh, if uh, you're benefiting spiritually, you shouldn't benefit uh, uh, material from you. Uh, the bit blank, you know, jet like I don't know where that is located, <laughs> but yes, uh, God's people are supposed uh, to uh, give towards uh, the Lord's uh, work. So that's what we're trying to encourage, and we're trying to do that just because, for most part, we are first generation Christians, so there's been a lot of uh, bad teaching about giving at our congregation in the country in uh, general. So we're trying to help people to have a biblical worldview. As far as giving uh, is concerned, so I would say that we're making some strides, but there's still a lot of, a long way uh, to go. Can so, you find that that text? That actually, yeah, well, it's, it's Romans fifteen twenty seven. So, the, but I want to I want to follow up on what you just said though, Newton, because I I liked what you just said, but I wanted to hear what kind of bad teaching have the people received? You said there's a lot of first generation Christians. What kind of bad teaching have they received as it pertains to giving and money and what have you? Uh, for uh, for one, uh, many people, when they are giving, they are not necessarily giving out of gratitude for what God has done for them, but many times they are giving so that uh, they can get. It's more like uh, you know lottery, mm -hmm. and the teaching is that if you give, uh, God is gonna bless you. Which uh, I believe God blesses people who obey, but many times there's always a wrong motivation when it comes uh, to giving. Others are even uh, sort of uh, threatened. That if you do not give, ABC is going to happen to you. And others are told, uh, if you have got this kind of needs, you just need to start giving so that God should give you. So all to say, there's much uh, that is uh, that goes with giving. Mm -hmm. That is not God-honoring and it's yeah. not Bible-based. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking at Romans 15. And let me read 20, uh, 26 and 27. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to serve them in material blessings. Be of service to them in material mm -hmm. blessings. So yeah. that's good. So I want to I want to ask a question, and I want to kind of ask and maybe try to answer it together. And it's kind of loaded. You guys don't know I'm going to ask it. Um, but let me give you a little bit of background. I, uh, I've served at three churches in... Uh, 37 years of ministry by the grace of God, Downey First Baptist, Voyagers Bible Church, 
and then Grace Church of Orange. Downey First Baptist, they took an offering. They had an offertory in the service, okay? So we're talking about giving in the middle of the service. And it was like a, a grand offering with a grand offertory with a, mm. like an ending that would call for claps, you know? When I first came to Grace, we passed a bag, the same thing. And uh, we were doing an offertory that was uh, very uh, dramatic offertory that would end and people would clap and things like that. And oftentimes churches would have the offertory be the time they would feature some kind of a musician or whatever, okay? Mm. So then I went to Voyager's Bible Church, and I realized they weren't making a huge deal about the offering, but there was a, there were some boxes in the back, kind of like the Old Testament way. Make a box, put a hole in it, and let the people put their contributions in there when they come in. And then they started, over the years, taking an offering and having the box, and I always used the box. Mm. And I would always, this is kind of funny, but I would, as I put in with my left hand, I would put it in and then turn my head to the right so that my right hand didn't <laughs> see what my left hand was doing. <laughs> now, and it was, it was kind of a funny thing for me to do. Just, uh, it, was, it was my way of a little bit of a, you know, humor. But, I would, but also, I, I, it was like, don't put a show on it. And I remember one time a pastor, a pastor friend of mine was doing a building project. And in front of the whole church, he said, and I'm going to give the first check. You know, and he did this like really dramatic like, here, look at me, you know, and it was like, well, where's the trumpets, you know, because <laughs> Jesus said, don't sound the trumpet when you give, you know. Well, the question I want to throw out is, and, and here's why, we used to give an offering at Grace all the time, take an offering. We still receive tithes and offerings, right? But we have not since, actually since COVID, at the COVID, during the tent time, we were putting it in a box in the back, which I liked, in the back under the tent, and we made a box, and we, now we still do that, and we do giving online, we don't do an offertory at Grace Church anymore. And someone asked me yesterday, how come that's part of our worship? So I know this is kind of be a debated thing among pastors. Um, it's okay if we don't all land on the same page on this, but the question is, should we take an offering in the service? And again, that's a practical concern, okay? It's collecting what people are giving. How do you collect what people give? But is it something, like Mark Dever, I think, would say, put it in the service because that's part of our worship, I've historically thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I like the uh, anonymity, if you would say, of just giving uh, without fanfare. We still say something. We still uh, encourage the church to give out of gratitude and for God's work to be funded by God's people, as you said. So we're still saying those kind of messages, but we're not formally doing an offering in the service right this moment. And we never brought it back. And partly it was, I think, because of what I'm saying right now. So what do you guys think? Should we, uh, Newton, should we take an offering in the service? Well, if I'm responding on a basis of my context, I will say yes, just uh, because I am uh, dealing with uh, people that have not been accustomed and disciplined uh, to giving. So for us at uh, RBC to say there'll be no... Uh, offering going around for most people it will be as if they are hearing us as a church saying it doesn't matter you don't have to uh, give uh -huh, uh -huh. so i think it all depends with where you are at so for us uh, for now we'll continue doing that because if we follow the pattern of gco there'll be no giving <laughs> <laughs> and we want there to be giving because that's biblical and that's you right. know i posted so i don't know if you saw but i posted something up on you know the media the other day about at the end of the year, all these ministries that I'm connected with that are not local churches were asking me to give to them. And the only groups that we're not asking are the groups that should be given to first, the local churches. Mm -hmm. So I said, this is for every pastor out there. That was for you too. Was 
people, give first to your local church, right? Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing. That's a reason to do it because you always have uh, unbelievers and new believers. Mm-hmm. In, I was listening to something yesterday where an, a, a non-believer uh, become a believer and they're like, I didn't realize that you, they gave, you know, they gave to the church out of gratitude and he saw it happening. And uh, so anyway, so th- that would be a good reason to do it because those who are not, used, the way you put it, accustomed or disciplined right. in their giving. I actually like Newton's answer a lot. I feel like um, you could push this too far, but the way you structure the service when the church gathers communicates what you value, right? right. And, and it's te- you're teaching people by how you're structuring that. And so in a context like yours where you're trying to, to train and teach people about the importance of giving, it, it makes a lot of sense to, to place that in the service as something where the church is collectively recognizing, wow, this is important for us. Mm-hmm. A goal might be that in any local church, as people are growing towards maturity, they're giving whether there's a call on a Sunday morning or not. You know, mm-hmm. And at Grace, I would say in our context, when if we do mention it on a Sunday morning, we're not necessarily hoping that someone's going to say, Oh man, I'm gonna pull my checkbook. I wasn't planning to give, but now I am. You know, nothing like that. It would just be a space for somebody who's already regularly giving to to be able to contribute. So I think the context does make a big difference in that. Right, and giving and giving opportunity to give. Even if we just say, look, the way you do it here is you can put it in the box in the back. That's what we've mentioned. Put it in the box in the back. Do it online. Send a check however you want. But that we do we do highlight. You know, we say that prayer and the word is important. And so we fill our, our service with prayer and the word. We have, I think, four different, four different times we're praying or three or four different times. Three or four different times we're reading the scriptures in the service. So the idea of giving an opportunity to give shows that we value that. And I, yeah. if I could mention one more thing, too. There might be times in the life of the church where there's a specific need. And so it, it's appropriate to ask the church, hey, there's a need that we can contribute to. You just finished a building campaign or a building mm-hmm. project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and we're in the middle of something at Grace. So that would be an example or... A lot of times in the New Testament, Paul's asking for funds for a specific church, yeah. a specific mission. Um, so I think that there's times like that, too, where it becomes more oh, fronted, yeah. maybe. Newton, did you give a big check in front of the whole church and do it first? No. <laughs> I, did, I, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> now, I will say, though, I think, and, and I think every pastor needs to be giving, uh, setting the tone for giving so that if anyone ever checked, like I, no one at Grace knows what I give, but the way I put it is that every church should assume that they're getting at least 10% and hopefully more back from their pastoral staff. And that is appropriate. Uh, a gross off of gross, not net. You know what I mean? Like just whatever, the, as the Lord prospers us. Interesting, I want to read this too. In 1 Corinthians 16, Paul said in verse 1, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you are to do also. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside something and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. Now, he's coming from outside with a gift to send somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just saying, like, don't make me uh, go for one big offering when I get there. Just save it up over time, incrementally, and then when I get there, I'll take that to help these other churches. So it's a, a different kind of a giving, but it's still giving. Well, let's talk about prayer a little bit. Yeah, if, I'll, let me kind of push a question to you guys. Um, we promised you two topics, so we do want to get to prayer. Newton, I'll ask you first. You actually, I like your line that I think you said God's people support God's work. Um, and you could actually, you could actually send that to prayer too, right? That not just financially, oh, yes. but God's people are, um, we are, we are interceding and, and, and carrying on the Lord's work, not just locally, but even all around the world in our prayer. So 
Uh, you've talked about giving. How do you encourage your people about prayer and the role of prayer, and maybe especially intercessory prayer mm. in the Lord's work? But we could talk about kind of fostering personal communion with God as well. But maybe start with that, kind of that intercessory aspect. Okay. Yeah, interesting enough you're asking this uh, question because uh, we're talking as, as a leadership uh, back home and then we're like, uh, but guys, are we really praying enough? Are we actually incorporating more prayer in the uh, church? So we've been talking about what can we do uh, more so that uh, as a church we can be uh, praying together. So what we do once in a month, we have what we call a prayer hour as a church. So we pray once a month together, uh, corporately that is, and then we split in groups, groups of three so that people can pray for each other. But we're still thinking that there might be a need for us to be able to pray more because we believe as a church we cannot pray enough, but also we think lack of prayer is pretty much a declaration of uh, you know self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do believe that, uh, yeah, we can never pray enough, but uh, we need just uh, to uh, be able to understand all we do, we're dependent on God. And I think prayer actually uh, demonstrates uh, that. But also, as long as I can uh, remember, prayer is hard work, at least for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, uh, yeah, sometimes it's easy for me to read, but prayer... I always have to discipline myself. Right. So yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, it's maybe you could say it's the hardest work. I think because it's the absolute yeah. opposite of productivity or yes. moving the ball forward, and you're yes. just putting yourself yes. in God's hands, saying it has to be you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mike, what would you add to that? Well, now I want to find out. Well, once a month, you do this prayer hour. Where is it attached in your schedule of the church? Where does it show up? Is it after the service? Is it on a different day? No, it is Sunday morning. So our structure is. We have first uh, Bible hour, we call yes. it Bible hour. So we do that three Sundays in a month. Yes. But the other Sunday, we do prayer hour. Gotcha. Instead of the Bible class. Yes, instead of Bible class. That's what one of our Bible classes do. Out of five classes, one of them does that, like that. Okay, that's good. I love that. Um, so we'll probably start doing that at Grace Church because if you do it. No, seriously. Uh, well, let me say something about prayer that has probably revolutionized my prayer life, and it's it's simple, but uh, for years, even as a children's pastor, I remember I, w- I would have these uh, prayer cards that I would give. Uh, at Downey First Baptist, we had hundreds of kids, and same at Voyagers Bible Church, and it was just a lot a lot of kids. We would make these picture prayer cards up, and we'd put their name on it and some prayer requests, and then we'd give them out to people in the church, and there were people that prayed for certain kids for years and built really deep relationships with their families and what have you, and it was really sweet. Um, but one of the things, you know, using technology to, to pray, um, we have a thing called PCO People, which is just our church database thing, right? And so we put a picture, we have the info on them, if they're a member, are they involved with ministries, what have you. I'm in that every day. I use it every day. In fact, I'll, I'll show you. And literally, six days a week, I have a prayer list that I had the staff set up for me mm-hmm. that literally I pray for the flock every, and I'm not, I'm not shouting a trumpet on this one, you know, blowing a trumpet on this, but it seriously, I'm like, um, oh, it's funny, it won't log me in now. And I was just in it yesterday, but it, I'm, I'm out of it. But anyway, uh, you can go on to every name in here, and I go through, I've got a, a Wednesday prayer list, and I pray for the people. And then as I'm doing that, I will be uh, often texting men in the church, saying, I'm praying for you, or, you know, send them some kind of a message. And guys, we'll, we'll write back, thank you, pray for this, pray for that. But for me, I've learned the names of the flock better. <laughs> I've, I, I, I'll meet someone and I'm like, I know you already because I've been praying for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think just the, 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 the discipline, because many days, I was saying this earlier uh, to Tanner, 
many days I, I'll be like, I don't feel like exercising today or I don't feel like praying today. But once I start, God, God just gives me wind in my, behind my back and just, I just, it just, I, it invigorates my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So praying for the flock. I think that's, for me, that has, I've been doing that, I don't know, three or four years. And it's just, it has changed my life because I, I'm seriously praying for the flock versus specifically praying for them versus generally praying for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so helpful. Uh, let me ask a different question for you guys. And this could maybe be the place that we kind of land this conversation. This is very open and we go a lot of directions with this, but I'm just thinking for the person out there who says, okay, I hear all the time that it's important for me to pray. I want to cultivate times in my life where I'm, I'm, you know, having communion with God. Mm -hmm. I'm just spending time with the Lord. How would you encourage that, that person to think about that time? What should they be praying about? What does it even look like to have communion with God? And I'm thinking maybe of even uh, almost like alongside what you just said, Mike, maybe encouraging someone to move away from the idea of, I just ask God for things, or I'm just praying through a list or that kind of thing. Um, is there a direction that you would encourage somebody in thinking about cultivating that time with the Lord? We'll start with Newton and then go to Mike. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, yeah, you need to approach prayer as, uh, uh, you know, it's communion. You are spending time with uh, uh, God, and uh, you need to first and foremost just uh, realize that, uh, yeah, it's, you know, there's this thing of quality and quantity. I think I used to hear this from uh, my previous pastor. I used to say, you get quality from quantity. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of uh, you making time to be with the Lord, but also be realistic. You're not going to pray for an hour if you haven't been praying. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it has to do with uh, that uh, cultivating that uh, relationship. But also, add, I believe your Bible reading should inform your prayers. As you're spending time in the Word, that should help you to pray and uh, vice versa. So I think that's where you can start. So if you're feeling feel like where you should start, should I pray just through a list? My encouragement, maybe take a psalm before you pray and then hopefully that will just uh, yeah, give you some wins. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's super helpful. Mike, how would you, how would you add to that? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, cultivating time with the Lord, having communion with God, it's got to be word and prayer. Again, uh, all word, no prayer, puffed up. All prayer, no word, tossed about. You know, you got to have a combination of the two. I think it was a guy named Leonard Ravenhill who had a book called Why Revival Terries, and he says, as a pastor, you can, you can be really gifted and do this and that and have all these books and, and have, uh, you know, uh, demonstrable gifts and no one's asking you if you're in the word and prayer the pulpit's yours anywhere these days is what he said back in like the 70s mm. and it's like i i early on as a believer i said i the my most important disciplines are the word and prayer and if that's off everything's off um i think about first thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing and the idea of a continuous conversation with god there's a book by thomas r kelly called a testament of devotion he was a uh, uh a um was he a quaker or something like that you know or puritan not a puritan excuse me but he was like a quaker but he said something like this walk and talk and laugh and work and eat and do all these things and and talk and, and do your life but all the time keep carrying on a secret conversation with god mm. in your heart you know and so that's how i like to live so going back to the question of how do you cultivate that time with god and you say well I personally think you should start with like some kind of a list or some kind of something. If you start with a blank slate, you're going to start looking at, you know, uh, a sports app or you're going to look at a game or you're going to look at social media. I think you've got to have something to focus your 
attention on. Even if it's start with the Lord. Like if you think about the Acts way of praying, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, saying needs. Uh, first adore God. The, the model of prayers in the Bible. It's like, Lord, you are good. You are great. You are awesome. You are holy. You are kind. You are merciful. You are gracious. It's like, what if you just started your prayer like that? How much you can praise God uh, and just pour yourself out, pour your heart out to God. So I think that's the place I would start. Tell them, uh, praise God for everything you can think of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, about Him. Amen. Not even just about not just about what He does, but who He is right. revealed in the Scriptures. And that I think yeah. is where you just went. I think that connects with what you're saying. Is and maybe you start with a Psalm and you let that kind of inform where your mind is going. So that and maybe I know this is true for me. I might fall into kind of the same ruts in terms of thanking the Lord and praising Him for these things that are true about Him, but. Uh, a particular portion of scripture can push something home for me in a new way. And um, something like, I think that can be a great place to start. We want to, uh, we want to wrap this one up and I think they would be appropriate to even close in prayer as we've been talking about prayer. So uh, Newton, would you be willing to just close our time uh, with the Lord here? Sure. Gracious God and loving father. So thankful for the privilege just to have these uh, conversations Lord, I just uh, pray it may please you to use uh, these uh, conversations about uh, prayer, about uh, giving, just to encourage uh, somebody that may be listening. Lord, I just uh, thank you that uh, you are a God that is uh, able to do more than we can ask, more than, Lord, we can uh, imagine. So I just uh, pray that somebody, Lord, may be able to find uh, edification even uh, through uh, this. And I pray that ultimately this will help God us as uh, your uh, servants, Lord, uh, to be uh, faithful, that will not just be uh, men, Lord, that are talking about uh, these things, but uh, this will be our life. This will be, Lord God, our uh, very uh, heartbeat will be men, Lord God, that uh, are reading the word, men that are, are praying, men that love people, and men that are examples even when it comes to uh, giving. Now, thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing here at uh, uh, GCO. May you continue to bless the work that you are doing uh, here. And through that, Lord, I just pray be able to reach God even uh, in places that they never thought they'd be able uh, to reach. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Mike and Newton, thanks so much. Uh, Newton, so good to have you with us. We're so thankful. And listeners, thanks for tuning in today. hope that was an encouragement to you. Until next week, hope you have a great week serving the Lord and communing with Him. And we will talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you and have a great day.